This is Abroad in Education, a podcast where I unpack the international suitcase by focusing on EdPats and their experiences within education. I'm your host, Tiffany Lachelle. All around the world, so fulfilling, so fulfilling. Yeah, stamps on According to the Bureau of Consular Affairs within the U.S. Department of State, an estimated 9 million U.S. citizens live overseas. Now, of course, everyone counted within this figure is not at voting age. Nonetheless, with less than 30 days to vote, U.S. citizens abroad, this episode is for you. On Thursday, October 8th, I mailed my absentee ballot to the states, y'all. And getting the ballot by itself was an interesting process because I had to troubleshoot. It started off with trying to email the election official. I kept receiving these mail demon responses to the point where I literally had to call the office and say, look, I'm trying to put in my request for an absentee ballot. I keep getting mail demons. Can you please help me? I'm on the phone with my election official and she's like, okay, sit down at your computer right now. Email me. Mail demon response. And she says, okay, well, give me your email. I'll email you. And it comes through. Okay, at least we know that when it's time to send the absentee ballot, this is what she's saying, I can email you. So she said, what you need to do right now is fill out your request for an absentee ballot, signed it, here's my phone number, text message it to me, the PDF, and I'll file it. And then on September 18th, I'll be sure to email it to you. I'll email you the absentee ballot. So everything was fine. I text her the PDF and on September 18th, I received the ballot. And I also received a friendly text message from her saying, hey, I just emailed you the ballot. Let me know if you get it. So it was amazing. I can say that I feel like the most responsible voter this year. And you know, it's interesting because I actually took two days to research the candidates on the ballot and then also to research some of those, you know, requests for changing the amendments and changing this and changing that. And it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, what are these folks asking? Like, what what do these changes even mean? And then who are these nonpartisan folks who are being recommended to keep these judicial seats, even though they've been sitting for like 88,000 years? Like, what are you doing? What you been doing all this time you've been sitting? (laughs) So I took some time to research them and just figure out who are these people and what are these changes? So what I found to be most interesting about the entire process of researching really is the lack of information that's out there about some of these candidates. Now, let me be particular. I'm not talking about national candidates, you know, your president, your VP, you know, many of those bigger positions. I'm talking more about the local positions and candidates that are oftentimes shadowed in these elections. And I'll say one of the reasons why I feel responsible is because, you know, in the past years, I go to the polls, I'm voting for everybody blue, I'm voting for everybody black. (laughs) I'm going to just start with Democrat and go all the way down. But I decided to do a little different this year. And I really, I have to say I enjoyed it. One of the thoughts that came to my mind was, this is probably one of the only moments in history where I would say, I really appreciate Facebook. Because you know how like, if people are clowning in public, people will blast you. 
So, you know, being able to put somebody's name in the search and see, you know, were you acting crazy? Did you say something crazy? Because honestly, I mean, think about it. When we're voting, we're voting on people's character, right? We're making a character judgment. It's, you know, do these folks have a particular character? Do these folks have particular integrity of a, of a person, let me say, of a person that I would want representing me? And I have to be honest, I know these conversations about, oh, well, if you're an expat, you know, should you be voting? Does your vote matter? All this stuff. And I, I get it. I do have a very nomadic life, but I actually thought about my family when I was deciding who I was voting for. And I'm thinking, shoot, who do I want speaking up, making decisions on my brother's behalf, especially where we are in history right now? So I voted and I'm excited. (laughs) So with requesting the absentee ballot, researching folks on the ballot, sending the ballot back on time, I consider myself to be a responsible voter this year. Now, I know voter suppression is real. So it's like you put it in the mail, but hopefully it gets there. (laughs) Don't worry. I prayed over the parcel. I prayed over the hands that's mailing it. I prayed over the plane that's flying it. I pray, I'm praying over the mailman that's delivering it. You know, it's all prayed up. It'll make it. (laughs) The interesting thing about all of this is the way that the universe conspires in mysterious ways. And you know, you all know, I say this all the time because it's true. And it's, it's true in my life. I mean, it was October 8th. Literally five days ago when I dropped that absentee ballot in the mail and later on that day, I received an email from Adrian George, one of this week's guests on the podcast, who was asking if I wanted to use my platform to encourage Americans abroad to vote. Of course, of course, I want to use my platform. (laughs) So today you'll hear from Adrian George an American citizen living in Sweden and also a member of the Democratic National Committee, which is a governing body of the Democratic Party. And the second guest you'll hear from is Angela Fobbs, an American citizen living in Germany and one of the founding and chair of the Global Black Caucus. So this episode is a call to action for American citizens abroad. This episode is a call to action for American citizens abroad. One, listen to the entire episode. Yes, please. And thank you. Two, create your voter registration plan now, 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 now. And three, Mail the ballot back to the states, however your state requires. If at any time you need any voter assistance, feel free to check the show notes. I have left all of the resources, all of the information that you need to be able to vote from abroad. Without further delay, (laughs) please enjoy my conversation with Adrian George and Angela Fobbs. This is the time where I want to encourage folks to get a pen, get a notepad, get your phone, open up your notes app. This is what we need to do right now. So walk us through some of the websites, you know, what people can expect. How are we, make, how are we making sure that within this less than 30 days, <laughs> folks well, abroad have one. access to As voting? As you say, make a plan. So you know you okay. want to make a plan. Make sure yeah. that everybody that you know that's an overseas American commits to making a plan. And the plan is very simple. Me and Angela can alternate on the steps. But step number one is, 
either register to vote or request your ballot. Vote from abroad. V-O-T-E-F-R-O-M-A-B-R-O-A-D dot O-R-G. Votefromabroad.org. You can register to vote there. If you're a first-time voter and you never forget your first time, it's nothing like your first time, right? Or you can request your ballot. I'm dubious about that. And it doesn't okay. matter if you have not voted in, if you haven't lived in the U.S. in years, it doesn't matter. You just have to remember your um, most recent address, even if it's a parking lot now, yes. that doesn't mm, matter. That's right. You, so, or, or if it's a relative's home or something like that, your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, your friend whatever. Um, the other thing is for people who live abroad, registering to vote and requesting an absentee ballot is the same thing. So you, d- but the thing is you need to do it from a site like vote from right. abroad, because there's this thing called an FPCA federal postcard application. So in other words, do not go to your home state, like the state of Illinois website and say, I want an absentee ballot because I'm going to be in Dubai. No, you want the federal postcard application because it provides federal rights for you. If your ballot doesn't come, you can do a federal write-in emergency ballot. So there's a difference from being an overseas voter and being an absentee voter. So for people who are expats living and working abroad, go to votefromabroad.org and request your ballot and register to vote if you have to. And that is your federal postcard application that guarantees your federal right to use a federal emergency write-in ballot. If it comes to that, for example, I had to do that in 2008. I'm living in Stockholm, vote in D.C., it was like a week before the election and my ballot hadn't come. And I was like, are they trying to keep me from voting from Obama or what? So I used that federal write-in absentee ballot and FedExed it. Didn't my ballot come two days later after the election? Not mm-hmm. two days later after I mailed it. Wow. Two days after the election. So I kept that as a souvenir. That was a nice little souvenir. Actually, let's go back to the first step because this is really important for this particular moment in time. When you ask for your ballot, request your ballot, Ask for it to be sent by email, not by postal mail. You will never receive your ballot at this rate if it comes by postal mail. And make sure you check you check your spam folder. I've spoken with a lot of people. Adrian, Adrian, I didn't get my ballot. Yeah. I said, have you checked spam folder? They're like, yeah, it's been here for five days. Right. Because they started coming out 45 days before the election, which was September 19th, which is why Tiffany, your election officer told you, look, September 18th, I'm going to send you, she even sent it to you a day early because they were supposed to go out September 19th. So, so step two is when you receive your ballot, vote it immediately and send it back, please. That's Make right. sure you read all the directions to the T. Follow. You don't want any reason for your your ballot to be rejected. Do whatever. Do absolutely and everything also, that they say. There are to do. a number of states, um, and I'll give you maybe if you want to put it in the show notes or something, mm-hmm. Tiffany. The the states that can be sent back by email, the states that can be sent by fax. And then there's some states that require postal mail or UPS or DHL or whatever. But um, don't try to use the normal regular mail, especially at this point. And if you have a fax state, don't worry about using a fax machine. You can fax online. There are lots of free e- That's uh, right. fax services that you can use online. Well, a lot of people like some fax people still have a Who fax has a machine? <laughs> Who does have a machine? They do at the election offices, maybe. My parents have one. Thank goodness. But you can you can fax online. So that's not a problem. If you live in Europe, I know in 25 countries, they're doing 
overnight. You can, yeah, so it's twenty five. It's twenty five euros um, to mail you can, your ballot back overnight. Overnight, overnight, and that's an option. And the another option is if you do find that you're in one of these mail states, or for some reason forgot to request your ballot to come by email, and you're like, I still don't have my ballot. You can use the federal emergency write-in absentee ballot, the FWAP. Yeah. But just for someone who maybe, if you requested your ballot, the proper way as an overseas American through votefromabroad.org or fvap.gov or U.S. overseas voters, um, and you forgot to request it, that it come by email, or you realize, oh my God, did I, did I not? You check your spam folder. Anybody can drop the ball at your voting office, you know, you have to be vigilant through every process. Then you can call, you can check back and say, look, I have the date where I re- requested my ballot. Because when you fill it out with vote from abroad, you get a receipt and they say, we sent this to your board of elections office. You have the date when you requested your ballot. You can say, I requested this date. I didn't get it. Can you email it to me? I would say from this point forward, I've been getting my ballot by email uh for about four or five elections now, even even before I could re- request it online, I would just say I wanted them to email it to me because it doesn't make any sense for them to send me a package in the mail when I can just get an email and then print it out because it usually will come as a PDF. Well, I feel fortunate in my state, D.C., the non-state, D.C. Zaidhood, by the way, you people vote for us to um, have representation. I can return my ballot and receive my ballot by email, fax, or post. And you're right. I don't know who would, why would you want it to come in post? But some people, you know, they want to have it in the their hand. Adrian, I do want to go back to what you said as far as making sure that you read the steps with completing the ballot. Because one of the things specifically voting for Illinois, it says that if this cover sheet is not wrapped around your ballot, it's invalid. Right. So Don't just print out your ballot. Print their, out the instructions um, that come ballot, the ballot. Whether it's email, whether it's in the mail, you know, being sure to follow those directions like one by one. For, for DC, I had to fill out a waiver. Because I'm voting by email. My vote's not private. I don't have a a secret ballot. So you had to fill out and sign a waiver and say, okay, I know this isn't a secret ballot. And they're like, if I just send in my ballot without the waiver, that's not good enough. That wouldn't, that wouldn't count. So the states where you have to actually physically mail your ballot back, they have rules about an envelope inside an envelope. Some of them, you have to sign the back of the envelope. Just write, sometimes you have to get it witnessed. Just follow all the instructions. But like you mm-hmm. did, Tiffany, you were able to go on your Board of Elections website and see your voting history. The next step after you get your request your ballot or register yes. to vote, get your ballot, return your ballot, then you need to follow up and make sure it was received. My state has a online tracker where I can look and see. Some states don't. I've, um, I got an email back from mine. Some states give you an automatic email reply to say you got your ballot was received. I had to wait 11 exactly. days before exactly. I got an email back that says, we've got your ballot. If anything's wrong, we'll let you know. Because I know on my tracker, it's like the date sent, date received back, and then they'll let you know if it's accepted because just because they get your ballot doesn't mean it's accepted because what is, for example, what if I didn't do the waiver? What if I forgot to sign it? 
who knows what mistake you may have made. So also if they receive your ballot, then also check and make sure that it's accepted. So it's like four different stages. Yeah. And these are some of the things that, that we have to take it upon ourselves as being good citizens, like you said, Angela. I love that. And another thing before we end the episode, I want to encourage folks to do, and I would love to hear from you all as well. One of the things that I was shocked about, or at least, yeah, I'll say it, I was shocked about. So one of the responsible things that I did this year was actually, rather than looking for all the the bubbles, the Democrat bubbles, (laughs) and just going through, I took some time to research many of the folks that were on the ballot and then also some of the suggested changes. What I was shocked about was how little information is out there about many of the folks that are on the ballot. So as far as this responsibility, you know, not just going down Democratic and actually going through and researching, what are some of the suggestions that you all have? And of course, it's different per state. Well, okay, there's there's a lot of things you can do. So whatever your county uh, Democratic Party, if you, you can Google them and they will have a list of their candidates. If you look, go search for the League of Women Voters in the state that you uh, vote for. They usually interview all the candidates and come up and, you know, and so they have like a ballot, like a list with like their statements and they answered questions. I mean, if you really, you know, really want to know, especially about some of the positions that are nonpartisan, you know, like water something or a county commissioner, you know, those are not necessarily partisan positions. And basically, I'm just going to tell you what I did because there's no easy way to look up these judicial candidates. But if you just take their name and then uh, just put it in the search engine, whatever their name is on the ballot, plus judge and election, and then you'll get, you'll come up with whatever their their website is or if they've done interviews. And it's it's so much easier, like when you vote from absentee ballot to be able to sit down and like, I mean, you have to devote a little time to it, but you can actually look through all the issues. The same thing like with the, the ballot issues, um, you can go to, you can also go to Ballotpedia, Ballotpedia.com. They have, they have everything. They have all the the elected positions, they have all the uh, the judges, they have all the ballot issues. So be sure to go up there and read the issues in in plain language, you know, because sometimes they try to get tricky. Another thing I would suggest, I know that um, they're, they're list compiled, who are the candidates that support the, the, the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, if that's one of your issues, go to Emily's list. They support female candidates. There is their lists of how your candidates feel on the environment. For example, I know on the FALCO, Federal American Women's Club Overseas, falco.org, there are a couple of, they have a voting site and they have an article about who are the um, congressional candidates and where, how they stand on the environment. Also, as, as far as women's rights, you know, so everybody votes for a reason. Um, what is the, what are the issues that are driving you to the polls? And that's, that's exactly. the motivation that you can use to research the candidates exactly. in your state. If justice system is, you know, the main thing in this age of Black Lives Matter, even though as if they have mattered forever. But since this is a, a, a movement, not just a moment, but a movement. OK, well, like you said, the justice system candidates. The year of the centennial, you know, anniversary of the women's right to vote. Who who's going to help us? You know, who 
who is going to help us make sure that uh, we can have control of our bodies, you know, in my state? Are they going to change the abortion rights? Am I going to be able to get birth control? You know, the issues that are important to you, the education, you know, what's going on with the public schools in your state or in your city, in your county, you know, exactly. the, the education, health care, you know, even though we've got national, everything, politics is local. It starts in your city you know, in your city council and then moves out, you know, across citywide and then statewide. So start local because you're right, depending on what state you're in, you're going to have a lot of issues to vote for on your ballot and a lot of candidates. So it is incumbent upon the voter to not only vote, that's the main thing, of course, but you have to know who you're voting for and why you're voting so that you can make determined and educated choices. You know, Angela and I would like to tell you to vote blue, you know, from down up. People always talk about down ballot. You know, I like to say down up, start city council. What's the most local race on your ballot? Start there. That's going to have the greatest impact on, uh, uh, on your community, right. For your community back home. Um, it's going to be right there on that local. So start down up. And also votefromabroad.org forward slash ES is available in Spanish. And a lot of Americans, dual citizens are, are Spanish speakers. And it's I think it's the only voting tool for overseas Americans that's in Spanish. And that's a huge constituency that the Democratic Party has and that we need to turn out the vote as well. Um, there has been a systematic attack on that um, community since the he number 45 started campaigning talking about walls and all kinds of things and characterizing them as criminals etc so vote from abroad.org for slash es um because there are a lot of young spanish speakers who have not lived in the u.s who are citizens um dual citizens that um we want to make sure that we reach amen adrian angela This has been absolutely amazing. I have to thank both of you for even taking the time to, you know, sit here and talk about this, unpack all of these issues. And, and, you know, we have our plan here. Everybody that is listening to this episode is going to go to, what's the website? One more time. Vote 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 from from abroad.org. Let's say it one more time together. Vote Vote from from abroad.org. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And everybody remember, a better world is possible. Even if you can't imagine it just at this moment, try because it is possible. And all we have to do is work together and make it happen. So thank you. A Broad Education is created by Tiffany Michelle Smith. Lady Justice, the song that you're listening to, was written and produced by Rillionaire Dreams. You can get his Postcards album on SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your favorite podcast. Let's keep the conversation going and follow me on Instagram at abroad underscore IN underscore ED. And you can also access the website at abroadeneducation.com.